there's resources for you. There's resources that follow the destiny. Destiny never follows resources. Resources always follow that sense of I'm doing something with God for God. And if you, if you, if you can get that, all resources, whether it's you need creativity or you need finances, you need social capital, you need favor, you need whatever, whatever is you need will follow that sense of destiny. Well, hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited today. We have a gentleman as a guest uh, who I've watched his work from afar and been an admirer. I've read books. I've watched his YouTube channel. I've listened to what he has to say. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get him on the podcast and one of the real gifts amongst many that he has is the ability to blend the business world, the marketplace, with the prophetic. Um, And as somebody who professes a faith in Christ, I just choose to live in a prophetic culture. And so to leave that out of my marketplace journey would be a massive mistake. And so I'm really excited for today's journey to blend those two together from somebody who has real keys on how to do it. Hey, Sean, uh, it's so good to have you on the show. Why don't you lead off by telling us, for maybe the four people that don't know who you are, who is Sean Bowles? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more than that. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur in both the ministry side of the world, but also in our own projects. We do stuff in the entertainment industry. I live here in Los Angeles. I was in the video game industry for a long time, and then I moved over into more mainstream uh, industry stuff. I did film consulting and that kind of thing for a number of years, both on the faith-based side and then the practical side. And we've always done some real estate stuff. At the same time, I've been in ministry for 27 years, mostly full-time. And I helped the church kind of have a conversation for what it looks like for God to speak, but actually have tangible impact on their lives and their careers and their families and the world around them. So I love that space. I love the space that God's voice can change everything for us. But I also love the business people, the business community, the entrepreneurs, the career-driven people who are actually seeing a real difference because their place in culture, their place in society actually impacts sometimes more so than the church at large. The church is a great support backbone for it. But we have to like equip people to be the infantrymen, the soldiers that are seeing like real fruit, real transformation in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, you wrote a book uh, where you've done, you've done a few. Um, one of the books that I really enjoyed was The Keys to Heaven's Economy um, because you, br- you just brought something different, I think, to what a lot of books out there are for marketplace people. Very prophetic, of course, which is what you are. Um, so I just want to talk into that. What are some of the keys um, for unlocking heaven's economy for marketplace people? You've got a bunch of them. Maybe pick one, maybe pick two, and just let's go deep on them. What what are what are one or two of these keys? Well, one of the one of the more just preachy ones, the one of the ones that would be more like you know theological would be, you know, thinking about the fact that Jesus paid a price for us on the cross, and He hasn't got His full reward delivered to Him yet. There is an end of the age. He is going to return. And part of our joy, part of what we get to do is look for the people that he's placed in front of us. This is Ephesians 2, 10 and 11, that we we are going to, you know, before time began, we were created for a destiny and for good works. So what? who are the people we're doing those good works for? Who who are our destiny? Because when he had to go to the cross, and it says in the Garden of Gethsemane, like he, he was sweated to the point of like blood. And Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the joy set before me endured the cross. So who's the joy set before us as business owners, as business leaders, as career-driven people? God's given us the sphere of influence and how do we impact them with the way we live our lives sometimes and the way we actually minister to them or love on them, but sometimes it's just the way we do our career. So one of the keys to get God's resources fast is to know who, who, who your destiny is for, who your calling is for, 
and actually defining your calling and then towards it and provision will come because God can't help but reach those people through you because he, he planned it in the beginning. So that's one of the more like philosophical, theological ones. One of the more practical ones is that, you know, God, he loves to solve problems with his creativity. He first came as creator. So he loves to give us creativity. He also came in first for connection. So relationship, so our social capital. Like he wants to give us social capital and he wants us to be free with our social capital to other people as well. And so those are two of the biggest keys of his economy. I want to just solve all of our problems with finances. And that's the world's model is to just, you know, throw more money or throw more energy at it, throw more team on it versus have to bring a new solution or to simplify versus complicate. And I think for me, you know, I've watched, especially this last round since the pandemic, so many businesses have been tempted to not go after the creative solution because our adaptive energy and our capacity is so low. So we haven't gone for the creative solutions. We've gone for the easy solutions, which aren't working right now very well. Like just to throw money on it, throw more money on social media ads, throw more money on marketing and traditional marketing is even, even slowing down. You know, it's a lot of the major influencers that I deal with. They used to get six figures for one ad for their social media campaigns on their social media. Cause they have 20 million people or athletes or whatever. And now they're getting, my wife gets as much as they do. And my wife's a small social media influencer who's doing urban farming and she's getting, you know, brand deals and stuff. And she's getting paid similarly at times, but which is not six figures. So one of the keys in his economy is God's creative understanding that we don't have to do things the same that weren't present before we prayed. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Yeah! Guys, please, subscribe. So there'd be people listening, right, who are like, that's great, Sean-O, right? We put an O on the end of everybody's name here in Australia. They'd be going, well, you've been here multiple times, you probably know, but they'd be saying, that's great, Sean-O, like, God's creativity is wonderful, um, but, but I've got, you know, I've, I've got to make results in <laughs> November. What do you think... Uh, practically entrepreneurs should or could be doing to set themselves up in an environment to hear God's voice for fresh creativity? What does that look like for a marketplace entrepreneur? Well, it's a great question because I think, and because it's never just us, right? When we're Christians and we're saying, God, I give you everything, you be my partner, you be the CEO, all the cliche buzzwords that are on the Amazon top list for business books in the you know Christian world. We've said that business people who own companies are pretty savvy. So they prayed all the right prayers, but then we have to start to look for how we got to the wins that we've gotten to. What was that instinct that made us make that choice? What was that intuition? What was that discernment? What was that moment? And usually there's somewhat of a tipping point when you put four or five of your wins together, maybe you do it even in your personal life, you start to see a pattern for how God speaks to you. And then when you go to prayer, you're looking for something differently because you're not just praying to this, like maybe God will come through, but you're actually praying for results and you're weighing what you're feeling, what you're sensing, your intuition, your gut check differently about some of the decisions you're making. So I've had you know, times where I'll sit down with a business leader and do some consulting, and then we'll switch over to the spiritual side and go, okay, let's let's talk about like what are the three biggest decisions you're making and what are the options of those decisions? Now let's pray or prayerfully think about each option and feel if we can sense God's weight or heart or his voice on those things. And everybody hears and feels and senses and has intuition differently. But it's a it's a similar process in the sense that we all have communication. Communication is a similar process. And we have to look for how it works for us because hardly anybody hears God directly speak. It's very rare. Like God doesn't use direct speech very often. Jesus is proof of that. He told a million parables and the disciples at one point said, we're sick of it. 
all you do is speak in these parables and these riddles. And he said, if I spoke directly, it would just cause people to stare until they're blue in their face. It wouldn't do anything with it. But when I speak in parables or when I speak the way I speak, it causes people inside to have intelligent listening mm. or intuitive discernment. And that's what God's doing for a lot of us is that he's, you know, he can answer your pro problems and the, the five biggest concerns of your business's heart tomorrow. And he wants to, but he wants to do it to build connection and to build a story. And he wants to lead you to something that you couldn't have done just by being a good person of faith. He wants you to be a good person of connection to his heart. So when people say, how did you get there? You are not worthy of that result. I know you, I know your company. How did you get there? And you say, for real, God brought me here and they'll believe you because you couldn't have got there without him. Super powerful. Let's go one level deeper, right? Entrepreneurs, you, you're, you're a busy man. I'm a busy man. We, we tend to fill up our diaries and we should. That's, that's good stewardship of our time. Um, that could lead to no margin, right? So we're running on fumes. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I didn't <laughs> I mean no you. What do you mean? I, no I, didn't, I didn't mean well, you, Sean. I've never done that. Yeah, no, I, I, I was talking about uh, just like me and my friends. 25% above what I could ever yeah. do. And, I could do it yeah. um, and so I just think a lot of people, you know, are ticking a lot of boxes, right? They're building their business. They're being with their family. They're trying to do the minimum amount of health and fitness. You know, they're going to church and putting out the chairs on Sunday and, and, and trying to be a good, you know, son, daughter, father, like all those things. And yet this thing, I find that this, this intensity that you're talking about, this relationship, this connection, most people are trying to fit it into an amount of time that's hard to build a great relationship in. Um, and one of the things that I spend my time talking about is trying to get them to, in their values, kind of spend, like, value a little bit more chunks of time with God and don't worry about the fact that you can't pray for four hours straight. Like, you don't need to. Like, um, and can you just talk into that? Like, like where's the where's the reward um, of, of saying, okay, I'm going to lay down some of my business time and I'm going to pick up some spiritual time and, and hopefully out of all of this, I'm a better entrepreneur. Like, did you see a correlation between the people that block out bits of time and go intense to hear creativity versus those that don't? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I, yes, for sure. But I do think, you know, when we had our first child, I didn't have the same amount of time to spend with God. I didn't have the same amount of time to date my wife. I had to adjust and we had to have like more meaningful times around lunch when the baby wasn't crying when I could be home versus going out on a, having a sexy date night. You know, like it was just so different. Like we had to adjust our time when there was new activity in our life and we had to, and we had to be satisfied with that time and be more intentional with that time to make sure that though we don't have three hours tonight, we have one hour and, you know, lunchtime to really connect to each other, to make sure we're not doing a work task list, but to actually connect. And I think that, that that's the part where most of us, if we would just be intentional, plan out our time a little bit more with goals, you know, setting goals with your families, because you're going to have those vacation times, you're going to have those other times too, but that they're in a grind too. Your kids are in a grind, your wife's in a grind. So like you just using that 15 minute connect and not homework time, not just, but play, just like, who are you? What's going on in your mm -hmm. life? It could happen right before bed. And that will be enough where your kids will remember you well. And psychologically, that's proven true. And so a lot of us over, over complicated. We think our time with God, if we don't spend two hours in the morning, we're never going to get anywhere. And the reality is I'm in touch. And so are you. I mean, I'm in touch with some of the best business people in the world. And I've asked them the question, like personally, like, how do you spend time with God? And the more, majority of them, it's, it ebbs and flows different seasons of how they do it. They always spend time with God consistently, but some seasons, because they're not in the middle of birthing a new project line or whatever, a product line, 
or whatever, they're not, they're not pushing out something mm. They're They actually have more time to spend time with God. And mm. so I think as a, as a minister and as a business person, I, I've had to do both uh, practice that in both those roles of, Oh, this is a push season. I can't live in push. I can't live at a hundred percent capacity all the time. Yeah. I agree with you. It's the big ebbs and flows, especially if you're the kind of person that wants to scale a business quickly because you stack projects, right? The minute you get a bit of breathing room, you're like, right, bring the next one forward. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of always like this, which is fantastic. We skipped over something that I think a lot of people would want to kind of go back to. And you talked about the fastest way to bring forward heaven's resources is to, these, this is me paraphrasing what you said, was to like work out who's in front of you and what the calling is and then go after that. It's, you said something along those lines. Yeah. Can we can we spend a minute there? Like, what did you mean, and and how do, and how does that look? Because I think like I've you know I've dealt with people who are like trying to figure out how to get their tipping point or their next breakthrough. A lot of social media influencers, a lot of you know movie producers and stuff, and we'll sit down and we'll talk. And I've done classes, I've done meetings, I've done one-on-one -on -one consultations. And one of the keys that seems to work over and over is: Have you ever thought about the who and what you're called to? Not the what. You know the what. You're a movie producer. You're an influencer. You're building a product line, whatever it is, but the who, like who's going to buy your materials? Who's going to purchase your products? Who's going to engage your financial services? Who's going to, you know, who are your real estate clients? What are you really building? Yeah. And I remember that actually, that's a really powerful one because one of the people who was, she was not having a real estate breakthrough. She was having such a hard time in real estate and she was good for a number of years and rode off of that grace and then hit a wall. Yeah. And so I said, well, what's the why and the who, like, why are you doing this? Well, I'm gifted. At it. This is, you know, my talent. I'm, an extrovert of all, all these things. I said, well, who's the who? Like, how does God place people in your life to be like the driving force? It's not just the paperwork and the buying and selling and making the money, but who's the who? And she's like, well, part of my passion in the beginning was to set families and houses because a lot of families have a hard time. Like her specialty is families who could just barely make it into a house. She helps them to have the courage and the faith to, you need to be planted and this is going to root you differently than leasing or renting a property. And so she's had that specialty, but she moved commercial projects and i said i feel like you moved away from some of your grace it doesn't mean you can't do that too but let's look back at like families like think about people in your life that you've set into their home and it's changed the trajectory of their family and think about that like think about how real estate's part of that and she started to pray and she started to get a vision she, you know she belongs to a very large church and she's like there's hundreds of people in my church who need to be in a house and i'm going to lend my talents, my skills, and my prayers for them to be in those houses, even if they don't want to use my service. I want to, I'm going to be there to give them courage. And she started a real estate seminar in her church where she just basically gave people what qualifies them to be in a house. So you want to use my services or my mortgage broker, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I just want to give you courage because you're in houses. He wants to give us ownership. And she never looked back because she mm -hmm. got her value system right. She's serving. I mean, our work isn't about us. It's like helping Jesus get the fulfillment of his and also helping others. Our, our fulfillment happens because we do our calling, not because it's focused on us. And so I think like she just became completely in tune with those people and has so much joy in it. Every time somebody buys house, she becomes a different person again. She's like, yeah, it's like, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Now that, that's really cool. And, and I think... Just practically, right, um, she would have, she'll make money in that example because she just loves it. So that when the days are really sucky, the joy of it will drag her through. So she'll stay in the market for a long amount of time. So that's yeah. good. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like that locks, unlocks something in heaven for a provision? 
or do you just think it's that practical that because she's doing what she loves and she's got a smile on her face, she'll do a better job of closing deals to make money? Do you, or is it both of those that collide in terms of unlocking the provision for the destiny? I think when you think of it as very practical, isn't so out there, it's not so ethereal. If you think about very practically, the father before time began, dreams of everything this would need to inherit his full reward. And he thinks of all of humanity, they dream of humanity together. And then we start to, as a Christian, start to mature and come in line with this original value. What we do here, we'll be doing a different form of it there. Like what we enjoy here, what we thrive in here. First thing God ever did was give us a job. You know, go garden the earth, go till the, you know, go go be involved with stewarding the earth. And so I think like, you know, the, the things that we're called to eternally and have a reflection here. So I think every time we come in line, alignment, there's more resources, more of God, more of heaven, more of, more of his presence, more of his everything, you know, is released to us. And I just, I think you can't wait to give it to us. And it's very practical, mm. very practical. Yeah, I love it. And just chatting to you, like you, you come across to me as this guy that's obviously achieved a lot, right? But not striving at all. I don't know. There's just this. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's it's uh, it, it's there's just this calmness about you, um, which is probably why you get on with Bob so well, Bob Hassan, who we've had on the show, and and maybe we'll link up. Maybe we'll link up that show as well for people. Um, but but Bob and Sean do a YouTube show together, so we'll link up that URL so people can go and find that. Um, do you see? Do you think if I look at the body of Christ and I look at marketplace people? Do you think, by and large, most kingdom entrepreneurs are chasing everything God's got for them? Or do you think that there's a, is there an apathy? Um, do you think they could do more? Is there an unknowing? What, what, are you, what are you seeing that happens out there across the body for marketplace entrepreneurs? I think um, entrepreneurs are one of my favorite people groups. They run off a certain level of energy that not everybody runs off of. And I think that that's a divine zeal of God to accomplish something that not everybody has that energy for, and it could be in a certain industry or specific way or whatever. But I just think that it's it's a special group of people that I think God is actually anointing right now in our generation to do something really specific. Because I feel like the next great move of God and the next great place that God's going to do the most in is in those entrepreneurial spaces and those new spaces that are emerging that have never existed before, like tech and AI and you know space travel and all these things that are happening. We're seeing we're seeing industries born like the aviation industry hasn't moved forward in 50 years, and right now it's moving forward with electromagnetic planes and all these things. There's things that are happening right now, and a lot of Christians are involved with this, or even pioneers of these things. That I think I don't want to scare anybody. If you're not doing something on that broad of a level, it's still the same energy. It's still the same God. Like you know, there's something about that that is going to cause just like the Renaissance was arts that and literature that moved culture forward. I feel like there's this renaissance anointing on entrepreneurs and people in business to move something forward that the church doesn't know how to have a conversation about because the church is supposed to be a support and a backbone to it. I love the church, but it's supposed to be a support, a discipleship center, a community, family center, a place to give directives and direction, but it's not necessarily the front lines in this next place we're going. And so I feel like it's very special where entrepreneurs are, are holding ground right now, even if they're not necessarily fully in line yet with their identity and how they're doing it. They may have like a, I have to do this, like a work striving mentality. God could correct that easier than yeah. to create the ambition. Yeah. And so I think that people who have ambition right now are the greatest people on the earth. God could sanctify ambition in a second, but he yeah. can't create it. He can't make you have ambition. That's possibly one of the greatest lines I've heard in a long, long time. 
Because, because I mean, the, the, the thing that I go to the Lord to all the time is what I don't want to do it in my strength. So, so in that period of time, there's always that, you know, like I, I go a little bit in front of him and then he kind of pulls me back and I possibly go a bit behind and then he pulls me in. And that's the joy of the relationship, right, is, is, is having that person. But I get a lot of people who are stuck in, well, I don't want to strive so I won't start or, um, you know, or, or whatever, like, um, you know, they have the ambition or they run ahead or they don't. And I think it's really smart to say, just kind of do it anyway, Right, and have that relationship where the Lord can either rein you in or, or push you out or, or coach yeah. you, you know, from in a sense. Um, yeah, that's really powerful for people because I know it's, it, it's a common question how do I know what I'm doing in my strength and how do, how do I know what I'm doing it in the grace of God and how do I find that rhythm of grace in the middle? And, and my answer is always, well, just go to God and, and, and you just, if you discern, you'll, you'll kind of figure it out. But don't be paralyzed by it, would be the thing that I would say to a whole lot of people. How do you, I mean, as a as a guy with a very prophetic edge and a lot of projects, how, how do you um, how do you test ideas? So you get because I mean, it, I get like I get six before doing my teeth, right? So and I'm sure you do too, and a lot of our listeners are the same. And then and then some of them I immediately I know they're the dumbest idea in the world. Um, how do you test an idea? Do you do you just kind of open a door and have a look and see if there's a grace on it? Like, have you got a bit of a structure on? on how you kind of see what the Lord is in and not in. I mean, I think it's the same for most people as I do feasibility and, and some risk management and look at it financially, look at its impact, look at it. I've had things that I've done that, you know, like we started a record label at one point, it was the dumbest thing I ever did. And we had to sink it and lose all of our money from it right away. So it's like, I mean, I've done stupid things and I've, I like that I've done some stupid things. I've learned so much from it. And I've also done some things that I didn't adapt fast enough so I didn't stay relevant. Like I had an alpha testing company for video game industry for nine years. And then I had no idea that Singapore and Korea were going to emerge and Taiwan were going to emerge with like pennies on a dollar compared to what we charged in one year. So I couldn't adapt it. I had to, I had to let it go. I just learned how to dissolve it because there was no way to move that forward. But I had a great run. I mean, it was a great, it was a really unique project run. So I think for me, I'm looking at things now and I'm like, okay, I want to, I'm going to be involved with some things that are long, more long-term because that's where I'm at in my life. And I want the things that I'm doing to have, uh, you know, compounded effect on either people's lives. I mean, I'm in a media entertainment, right? So whether it's the spiritual side or we're making a mainstream kids movie over the next five years. So these kinds of things where how do we have compounded interest? How do we look at it from the full perspective? And I love that you get, you know, if you get counsel from people who are in the same industry and you ask them big questions and they tell like, we weren't even thinking about certain licensing. We thought about licensing, but we didn't think about certain licensing and how if you go with certain studios, they have different licensing connections now that no one's ever had before, like Amazon Studios, because of their whole product development mm-hmm. side. You can do stuff that doesn't even cost you on the front end for development. I mean, they manufacture everything. You know, just have to have the plan. So we're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if we can get with Amazon on this project. So there's so many different opportunities that if you just open up the conversation before you go full speed ahead, I think that that's my way of just – and then, of course, prayerfully. I mean, I start in prayer. But I mean, a lot of ideas that feel like they're God, if I wait just a little longer than I normally want to, I'll start to go, do I want to die in that hill? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to die in that hill. And I, and you're going to die. Like when you go after a project, there's going to be a couple of times where you die. If you go after like, you know, especially if we're in media world. So if you go after a media project, you're thinking this is the greatest thing I've ever done. And then you make 10 episodes. And you're like, I was producing a series. I love the series I produce on TBN. 
just you know a year and a half ago on discovering god on his names and then i was realizing after i actually produced it and then hosted it and it was a great series and still trending on their network but i was like i don't want to make 14 more episodes of this i'm going to do something that is more core to who i am more core of what i'm called to i don't want to spend the resources that they're going to give me on this i want to do it on something that i like want to die on the hill of i don't want to just teach on the names of god it's not even a main subject of my life it just was one of the subjects that came up that they wanted taught and i produced the show and then hosted it so i think that's another big question is like if you end up getting stuck or you end up getting like if it takes longer than you thought and you need resilience can you get the resilience or are you going to resent the fact that you chose this this thing and so answering those questions now is huge yeah so just to wrap that for the listeners, because I think um, what, I mean, obviously you said you couch it in prayer, but you gave a very practical kind of business mind answer, right? Around feasibility, kind of just get started, wait a little bit, you know, you know, answer the question of do I want to die on that hill? You know, as opposed to I'm going to go into my war room, right? And I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to get a visitation from an angel. And if I don't get an angel with fiery swords, I'm not going to do it, right? So, um, yeah, you gave a very practical answer there around it as, a, as an entrepreneur. You know, it's like, well, I could go to this other studio and they've got better deals. And so, you know, if you think about it, that is a grace. You know, if, if more doors are opening that seem even more obvious and practical, then there's a grace that you'd want to kind of walk through with that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's the spiritual side of it. It's like so complicated because we want the visitation or we want the audible word of God, the James Earl Jones voice saying, this is the way walking it. And me who's, I mean, I have people in my life that I bring on that I call them prophetic consultants. So they, they work with us. Most of them are volunteers just because they love us, but, but we have like a paid intercessor, the whole, and we listen to those prophetic reports. I mean, we have monthly prophetic reports given to us and spiritual reports given to us. And we listen and we pray, but, and those things do guide us every once in a while which is beautiful. Sometimes they're just confirmation to however we're guiding every once in a while, every couple of years, something really guides us. Mm -hmm. So we include those and they've been so invaluable to have, you know, prophetic consultants or how churches would have more of a prophetic team member or somebody who maybe stands up in the church and prays prophetically. Like we have people who literally pray for us and then give us a prophetic report every month. And we give them kind of four or five things to pray about. And it's just amazing to me how good it is, but also how, it's not really going to fulfill what God's called me to do, which is to lead my own company. Yeah. I'm called to lead my company. So he's going to speak mostly to me and then I'll confirm outside. And a lot of people will come to me as the prophet because people have seen me in that light in the world. And they're hoping that I will give them the deliverance key that will change and reshape everything. And that does happen. And they hear, sometimes I'll tell a story about that. And then, you know, 10 people line up to hope that that's going to happen for them too. And what, what I realized is that I disappoint more people than I help because God is so jealous he wants that place of relationship individually from us. He doesn't want us to go and run after somebody and we have to go every time we need a breakthrough after somebody. He's like, run after me. I'm your God. I'm Jesus. Like I I like literally died so you could have this connection with me. And so learning how to trust that connection, he'll send us help on the way. And it's okay if we get a little bit, you know, if we, if we put someone on a pedestal for a minute, but he won't let them stay there. He's very jealous of that space. So I think for me, like, I, I like what you're saying, but at the same time, like the reason why it's more of a practical spiritual answer than a spiritual practical answer answer is because we all live in a fallen, broken world and we all have the same lessons learned, even if we learn in different ways. And one of them is that relational component is that God will not give that to somebody else. I'm very rarely an answer to someone's prayer. Jesus always is. Yeah, so powerful. And, and you know, obviously you're known as the prophetic guy, which is why I wanted to go in more in the business stuff with you because, um, 
because I don't want to put you in a box, right? You've got, you've got much broader gifts uh, than just a prophetic gift. Um, you know, you've obviously done incredible things in media and arts and, and entertainment as well. Um, uh, there'd be people that are listening to this right now, right, on a, on a lawnmower or on a push bike or running on a treadmill or something, um, or maybe just vegging out on a weekend. <clears throat> and, um, and they just might need some encouragement. You know, you, you've, got, uh, you've got a very kind nature about you and, uh, and you care a lot about people. That's why you put out so many resources. Just, uh, just riff for a minute. Just, just, I just want to give you a kind of minute of open space to say something to these kingdom entrepreneurs. Like, what, what would you like to say? I mean, that you're not marginalized, that God's put something inside of you that's just yours. It's just for you and God. He chose you. You are unique. You are special. Even if what you have, there's 10 other companies in that space that are always going to be bigger than you. What you bring can make all the difference in the world that can just bring transformation, just bring the love of God and bring practical solutions to very big problems in the world. Maybe it's in, you know, in an education space or a tech space or whatever it is, the agricultural space that God wants to be seen in all spaces and his glory is filling the earth already. So he's already there to meet you. You're not going before him. He's going gone before you. And so have courage. And if he's put you in a space that maybe other believers haven't understood yet in your sphere, or that other Christians haven't looked at, or they marginalize you, or other people haven't even understood, just know that God is so big and he's ready to develop that space with you and for you and through you. And so go for it. Just go for it. There's resources for you. There's resources that follow the destiny. Destiny never follows resources. Resources always follow that sense of I'm doing something with God for God. And if you if you if you can get that, all resources, whether it's you need creativity or you need finances, you need social capital, you need favor, you need whatever, whatever it is you need will follow that sense of destiny. So find that destiny. And sometimes it's more practical than you think. Yeah, I love it. That's really, really cool. Um we covered a bit of ground. We did a bit of prophetic. We did a bit of business. We did intimacy with the Lord. Uh, we've done some encouragement. And um, I really appreciate you giving up some time. I know you've got a lot on, uh, you know, family, kids, and all those things that you've got to juggle like all of us. And so really appreciate you. We'll put links up to your books. We'll put links up to your YouTube channel. Um, we'll, get, uh, we'll get this audience, uh, you know, for the few that don't know you, to kind of put you on their radar. Um, and then I know you travel to Australia a bit, so it'd be good to have you back over here doing some stuff. Oh, I can't wait. One day. One yeah. day. We want to do one of those cruises too around yeah. Australia. That, that's so beautiful over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few of those. Um, and uh, But make sure you hit the land too. Like we, uh, For sure. You, 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 do, you definitely bring something unique. You know, I've read all the business books in the world, you know, from, from marketplace people, and they're all good, but you bring something very unique to the table. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I just think that's important. You know, there'd, there'd be people that are listening to this who might have thought from the opening few minutes that we had together that it would be a bit foofy, a bit woo-woo, and, and, and it wasn't. You know, like if they're stuck around till now, they'll realise that, that you've got this wonderful intersection of this real practical, pragmatic business approach to producing results and and pushing into great things for the future in this heaven's edge colliding. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a really powerful part for marketplace people to have because mo- a lot of people fall in one or the other camp, right? They're incredibly carnal if you want, like they run it like things like the world or they're incredibly spiritual and the marketplace can't deal with them. 
but you've managed to combine those two to, to create something powerful. So thank you for giving up your time and coming to have a chat with us. Thank you so much, Wes. I so appreciate your time too. Well, guys, that's it. But as we always do, I want to hear what are the top things that jumped out to you from our chat today with Sean. So back through your notes, and I want you to put into the comments below the video what's the top one thing that jumped out to you. And if you're listening to this on one of the handful of podcast stations, then find a way to send me a DM with what it was that jumped out to you, and I will engage with you there. Sean, you're a blessing, and I look forward to hosting you in Australia. Thank you so much.